Welcome to Dads of the Kingdom, a Disney podcast celebrating everything from the land, the sea, to the world, and everything Disney. Uh, I am Terry Staggs, half of the intrepid host for this site. Uh, as we lead you through this Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I hope we brought your towels. Along with me is... John Murray, and uh, I'm here for the, the ride and the... Uh... Uh, the Blue Sweet songs that, that come with with, uh, with the adventure. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us again, guys. I know uh, we want to talk about, we end last podcast highlighting our next one. We were going to talk about kind of the, the five things that fans of Disney history could kind of still experience at the world and at the land. We've kind of shifted gears a little bit since the last podcast, D23, has happened. And there was a staggering amount of news and information that came out of that conference. Uh, John and I were really excited about a lot of the things that came out of us. We thought, we thought, you know what, let's do a D23 reaction podcast and talk about and highlight some of the really huge things coming to up to Disney World. That's great. I was excited about it. They had a lot of announcements, some, some of which were kind of expected and some of which you know, were kind of out of left field, which was great. Yeah, you know, and it's... Uh, I guess it shouldn't still surprise me, but it still surprises me when Disney surprises me. That was a lot of surprises. I was waiting for one more, so there's no more surprises. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was uh, so much fun to kind of watch that as it was happening and, and seeing the news as it was coming out. And we have a lot to talk about tonight, John, so I think we should just jump right into it. That sounds great. First thing we want to talk about, guys, is uh, Disney as they constantly evolve and look at their transportation systems around the world and how do you how guests get from resort to park, resort to Disney Springs, to their evening outs to go to restaurants if you don't rent a vehicle. Um, so one of the new things came out of D23 was the mini van service at Walt Disney World. John, what did you think about this? I think it's an interesting concept. You know, we... Uh drove on property the the last few days and we, we saw the vehicle a couple times so they're out and about already um and it's it, it's nice that they're there um i did hear from somebody that it was it, it was free for a short time um we'll have to see how, oh, wow. how, how long that is or if that person just happened to be lucky uh for better or worse the, the word free usually isn't associated with disney um that's kind of nice one of the thing I think is really cool about the minivan service, which we still haven't gotten all the information about it as far as pricing and how that works, but it's essentially a Disney Uber. Is that how you read it, John? Yes. Yeah, you're supposed to have an Uber-like app um, that um, that you can use to to book book the vans. I'm also wondering if um, if you can book it at the concierge desk as well. Um, I haven't heard anything oh, yet. No. We haven't verified it, but it sounds like something they would do. Yeah, that seems like a natural connection, right? If you're at the concierge desk booking dinner reservations or maybe you're buying park tickets, why not also add that element in? Yeah, that would make sense. There's, there's quite a few times where, you know, when we were on vacation here before we moved back here full time, that would have loved just to have gotten in a transportation like that and just gone over to one of the other resorts that we had a reservation for dinner or, or whatnot um, instead of trying to get on the bus. Those buses are nice, but um, uh, they're, they take a while sometimes to get to, to where you are. And then uh, yeah, because they, they're, they're safe and don't clog up all the streets, they do take a little while to get back uh, to where, uh, where you need to head. You know, and that's, uh, speaking of which, we are my family and I are going to be back down at the world um, next weekend. So we're not renting a vehicle this time, which is the first time we haven't rented a vehicle in uh, probably the last 10 times we've been to Disney World. Um, this will be the first time we've taken Magical Express in probably, I don't know, six or seven years. Uh, so we were thinking that when we have dinner reservations off site somewhere, we're staying at Animal Kingdom. Um, the buses just getting two dinners is a bit of a hassle. So yeah. we were going to Uber. Uh, this is, I think we're going to try out now the minivan service and, and see how it is. And, and I'm really excited that now Disney kind of offers their own thing that where you can still kind of stay in that Disney immersion. You don't have to use an outside company. You're on 
property, you use their transportation. I think that's just going to be a better experience for guests. It's true. I wonder if they got that idea with the um, the special backstage. Um, and I, we talked about it in another podcast. Yes, but, yes. But I wonder if they got that idea from that. I don't know how well that's going, but but if that that's what came out of it, that, that that's a great, great thing to come out of it. Absolutely. And let, John, let's stay in the transportation realm because another big piece of news that came out of D23, the Disney Skyliner. Yeah, you know, my wife and I have talked about that quite a bit. We're both kind of excited about it just because of, of all the things that that we remember growing up having uh, the, the Skyway at the Magic Kingdom. And, yes. you know, I was really sad to see that being uh, be taken down. But um, this looks like it's it's actually a pretty good um, a pretty good way to to transport guests, but also lighten a load on some of those roads, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, you know, and I think this is really smart on Disney's part. Not only does it kind of play into the nostalgia of the Skyway, which you can still kind of see remnants of at Disney World. Um, if you happen to be on Fantasyland going towards a frontier land, or uh, I just went blank, John. If you're leaving Fantasyland going towards the Haunted Mansion, they have Rapunzel's Tower in that new bathroom area. Uh, there's still kind of a remnant of the skyway that lingers over there. Um, this is so cool to me. They're going to have really fun themed gondolas. The Skyliner is going to connect Disney's Art of Animation, Pop Century, and Caribbean Beach Resorts to Disney's Hollywood Studios, the International Gateway, and Epcot. I think what re- this really does is it's going to be a totally unique experience that a lot of guests who didn't get to or didn't get to be at Walt Disney World when the Skyway was open. So this is going to be a whole brand new fun experience for a whole generation of people on top of alleviating a lot of that traffic that comes out of Art of Animation and Pop. Yeah, and they, they need that. And, you know, that area is a pretty big area and that's where things can get back up, uh, be backed up, especially going toward uh, Disney Springs now. Um, there's there's still construction going on over there as far as the routing of traffic, but... Um, that that may help lighten things up. Um, I, I can't wait for that to to kind of come in there, and um, the sooner the better, uh, just to see how it's going. But I'd love to um, get a look at some of the cars before that. I'm sure it's not going to be the same um, as the old Skyway, but uh, but I, I, I'm positive it'll be a lot cooler. Yeah, this is going to be so cool for for the experience of being able to be at Art of Animation, a pop or Caribbean beach, jump on the gondola, take that Skyliner across. Um, it's going to give you a unique view of the property that you wouldn't be able to get any other way. Um, I think kids are going to love it. They're going to love the novelty of kind of flying through the sky, going towards a park or going back to their resort. Um, I know for one, my wife is never going to get on this because she's terrified of heights. Uh, but I, I can't wait to ride it. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they have... You know, Elon Musk has been working on you know some things out in California there with his Loop um, system. I want, I'm kind of hoping that they bring some of that technology into into this uh, into this experience. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, that'd um, be cool. S- speaking of Disney resorts, Disney Vacation Club is now adding. They announced they're adding a 15th DVC property at, uh, at, on property there. Uh, it's going to be Disney's Riviera Resort. What's uh, going to be really interesting about this, and it's going to be quite unique, is it's going to have rooftop restaurants with nighttime views of both Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Um, it's supposed to be opened by 2019. They weren't clear on if that's the spring or fall or, or winter. And this is also going to be connected to the new Skyliner transportation system. Yeah, you know, and I remember a very similar themed resort um, meaning concept. I thought it was, you know, one of the originals, but they just never built it. Um, probably remembering it wrong, and hopefully somebody will, will, will tell us that I did. Um, maybe my wife when we get off of this uh, uh, recording. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that one because we're DVC members ourselves. And then two, um, you know, those those fireworks, Yeah, as I've mentioned before, we see them from our house. It's just not the same as when you're staying on property. So that that would be a great, great place 
uh, to go. Um, in fact, we we book some of our stays uh, during birthdays and other holiday celebrations now. So it would be a great location. Yeah, you know, and this is interesting to me. I, it, from initial concepts, it looks like the Riviera Resort is going to be over there uh, where, oh my gosh, I've won blank, John. The other kind of Spanish style resort. Um, Coronado. Holy cow. Coronado. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. You're um, it's supposed to be over by Coronado somewhere. I think that was the general location of it. Um, so I think this is going to be another great addition to DVC. It, it, you know, we're both DVC owners. It's exciting to see that Disney is still putting a lot of focus on DVC resorts and kind of continuously opening up new properties. Um, we're just about a week out from the new Copper Creek Villas and, and campground and uh, cabins over at over at um, the wilderness so you see the dvc is still a focus for disney as a whole and and providing unique experience for owners yeah the the those copper creek villas and cabins are, are now open at uh, disney's wilderness lodge so um it, it, every time they get something done they expand to something else which you know you know, knowing that uh, Oki West, their ownership is is a little bit fur- further along than than the others. This gives mm-hmm. the, the the people that have kind of bought in at the beginning a new opportunity to um, to to reengage. Plus, uh, uh, you know, people who haven't experienced DVC to to do the same. Yeah, you know, and, and now it's like there is a DVC resort for every family and every interest, everything from the Savannas at Animal Kingdom Lodge to the kind of the prime location of downtown or Disney Springs and the shopping with Saratoga. Uh, there's everything in between. And, you know, I think it's great. I, I love seeing that DVC is still focusing. And, and even though Copper Creek just opened, they already announced the next thing. And and we know when by the time uh, Riviera Resort opens, or DVC is going to be on to the next thing. So it's this constant evolution. It's constant progress and it's going to be a great experience for dvc owners yeah exactly looking forward to it yeah i'm kind of it's like with some of these announcements 2019 just seems so far away uh so kind of hoping it you know we get a little bit bigger glimpse here sooner than later but uh it's good to see that they're moving on to that next next project you know, I thought that same thing when they were making some of these announcements and they were talking about, oh, this is opening in 2018, and this is 19, and then this is 20. And, and I was like, holy cow, we are so close to 2020. We're so close to 2021, which yeah. is, everybody knows, is the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And that's going to be a huge year because a lot of these new projects, a lot of these announcements are set to be completed by the 50th, um, which is going to make that year something totally we wouldn't have experienced anything like this previously i don't think 50 is a huge number for walt disney world yeah especially where where they grew up you know just like you know, disneyland there was just one park but yeah you know, they've they've grown up to you know four uh you know plus and then uh you know so many resorts uh, you know they're they're at what 15 or so you said uh, plus uh, yeah 15 now yeah yeah yeah, so that's that. That's the amazing part is is there's there's still so much and so much more space, uh, and they're keeping you know some of the the the, the berm and the the extra stuff around uh, to to keep the 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 beauty of the natural environment as well. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the concerns that some Disney fans have is, hey, yeah, we love the progression, we love the new stuff, but. Let's make sure we're not making too big of impact on the the land and the property that all of Walt Disney World kind of sits on. Let's make sure we still have some green areas to enjoy. Let's make sure we, when we're driving up to Magic Kingdom and we're going under the big Walt Disney World sign, we're still seeing trees and not just endless theme parks. Exactly. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about what's going on with uh, uh, the Disney Cruise Line. Uh, Disney, I, I guess earlier in the year had announced they're going to be adding some additional ships to their fleet. Um, my wife and I enjoyed a Disney cruise, uh, I guess about five years ago. Absolutely loved it. Uh, we love, we fell in love with Castaway Key and how, how Disney really does a great job of, of 
providing a very unique experiences that other cruise lines can't quite duplicate. Not just the private island, but the entertainment, the, the, the food service. I mean, the whole experience of a Disney cruise is, is quite something unique. And now they just announced they're adding three new ships to the fleet scheduled to be completed by 2023. That's just amazing. I mean, three, three more ships. Um, you know, it, it, we've been on, uh, I think almost everyone except for, for one of, one of the newer ships. Um, and you know, they just keep getting better because they, they remodel, they redo them and they enhance the experiences on board. Um, you're not going to get an experience like that on, on any other cruise line. Uh, but you know, it's, you know, it's uh, it's another way to expand their fleet, so that they don't have to they don't have to keep on shifting itineraries for certain uh, for certain ships. Um, because I know sometimes when one or two ships are on the west coast, that means the the itinerary on the east coast uh, you know gets sacrificed for that and vice versa. Uh, so it's it's good to see those added ships um, and them continuing to to build on that business that's done so well. Absolutely. And you know what What really I think is great about this is there's a couple of things that we know these new ships, they've already said they're going to be a little bit bigger than the current ships. Um, they're going to have brand new immersive experiences. Immersive is kind of a, a hot keyword that was used a lot during D23. But what, what's going to be fun about this is you know Disney is going to put some amazing new things on these new ships. And that just means that that's going to trickle down to the other ships. Um, we're going to be able to experience stuff that we don't even have any grasp of right now because there's who knows what the imagineers those engineers and the disney people are thinking for the new stuff but what i think this is going to really do is that and we know a disney cruise isn't the most economic of cruises that you can take um but it's nice to see that the demand is high enough that disney is investing in adding new ships to their fleet to again spread out those itineraries and make sure that um if you're a family and you want to enjoy the Caribbean, you can. You don't have to wait, you know, for a ship to come back to port if it's over in Europe or, like you mentioned, John, it's over in the West Coast. I think this is great. Yeah, and I think you know them just showing the dedication to almost doubling their fleet size. Um, plus, you know, each of those new ships is going to have, uh, I think, about 1,200, 1,250 guest uh, staterooms. So, you know, when you said that the demand was high. Yeah, that kind of proves it. If they're going to make that type of commitment over the next few years, um, you know, it's still a little bit ways away because those ships aren't built overnight. Uh, but uh, but it's it, it's good to see that they have that much uh, faith in that business that um, their demand is is so high that you know just figure you know twelve hundred uh, staterooms um, that, that's a good sized ship to, um, to to have to fill every every uh, adventure out. Absolutely. And, you know, they don't have any lack of reservations. They don't have any lack of participations on these cruises. Um, they are already do a lot of really great things. You can do the Star Wars cruises. You can do the Marvel cruises. They have these new intellectual properties that Disney has kind of bought in the past few years already integrated onto the current ships. Um, so it's going to be really fun to see where they go from here. Yeah, I'm actually excited and hoping that they'll have a few more DVC cruises at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So, John, let's uh, shift gears again. Let's start talking about what I think is probably some of the most exciting news to come out of D23, and that's the additions to both Magic Kingdom and Epcot and Hollywood Studios. John, I'll let you pick. Where do you want to go to first? Well, you know, I'm kind of partial to um, to Star Wars land. Um, and I know it's opening up sooner than later, but uh, not only with Star Wars land opening, but the resort that they've talked about um yes you know, you know by the time it it probably finally opens our one of our daughters will be old enough to to work there so we've already t- tried <laughs> to talk her into <laughs> to thinking of uh, of going into that business sooner than later <laughs> you know uh i think you and i share a, a very large love for star wars and its movies and its properties and its its expanded universe and um i know I was so excited to hear a lot of this news about Star Wars Land. We know it's going to open in 2019, um, which sounds crazy to say out loud, which which is really just a year and a half away. Um, we know that Disneyland's Star Wars Land is going to be opening first, and then 
world star wars land will be open up second later in the year um this is going to be such a unique experience again immersive was kind of the buzzword they used when they were talking about this it really they're really selling character interactions the immersiveness of the worlds and when you're there visiting the things you do in one area kind of carry over to another experience in another area uh, we know there's going to be two main attractions, John. There's going to be the Star Destroyer, Hangar Bay, and then there's going to be the Millennium Falcon ride. What are your thoughts? It's Millennium Falcon all the way. There, I don't think there's any other <laughs> Well, what's interesting is the Star Destroyer, the Hangar Bay, uh, one of the things I was reading is they were talking about how that experience is going to be unlike anything Disney has ever done, sheerly because the scale of the room or the – I guess the environment you're in when you're uh, going through this attraction. Um, I don't know if anybody has taken has looked at some of the pictures that have come out, but there is there was this huge, I mean, absolutely massive concrete room, a giant concrete structure that they were building, and nobody really knew what it was. I mean, obviously it was part of Star Wars land, but now we kind of know it's going to be the Star Destroyer, it's going to be the Hangar Bay, some kind of Hangar Bay attraction. Um, and Disney is really saying, hey, this is going to be unlike anything you've ever been to before, not just at Disney, but at any theme park, because the scale of it is going to be unbelievable. I'm so excited about this in the Millennium Falcon both, but uh, I just can't wait for Star Wars, man. Yeah, same, same here. And, you know, with that opening in 19, um, uh, as you mentioned, for Star Wars Land, um, hopefully we'll start to see a little bit more here uh, in the next year or so. Um, you know, as, as they've already started preparing that area. So hopefully uh, we'll start to see a little bit more. Absolutely. And something else I read that I thought was really cool is that um, you get the opportunity. Part of the Millennium Falcon ride is you get to pilot the ship and kind of the way you pilot the ship, how you interact with how fast you get back, what kind of shape the Millennium Falcon is in when you get back. Um, those decisions that you make actually carry over to other parts of Star Wars land. Apparently, if you're double cross a bounty a bounty hunter while you're piloting a ship, you could potentially run into that bounty hunter at one of the cantinas in Star Wars land, and they're continuing that experience. They're kind of coming after you saying, hey, you betrayed us, where's our money? I think that is such, that's, that's Disney, I think, taking it to a whole new level that we've never had before. Well, and I think that that's the advantage of those magic bands that they're turning out. The new ones are are, are even even cooler than than the first ones. Um, but you know they'll be able to to piece together uh, what you have chosen um, uh, throughout your journey, and that's that's why a lot of it. You know, you've mentioned immersive quite a few times, but you know the, the expression that Disney's using is 100% immersive, uh, which means you know it's going to be different for each each guest that experiences it. And it's even going to be different yes. than than the current um, um, uh, Star Tours, which is even great. Yes. Um, I, I think we don't need to be sold anymore, John. I think the both of us are probably in there and, and ready for that day one to jump in there with our lightsabers and, and have some fun. But the other news of Star Wars that came out was the Star Wars Resort. Um, I, I guess a couple of months back, there was there was a – I guess it was a questionnaire that kind of circled around the internet and it was Disney kind of gauging people's interest in, in this new kind of resort with uh, these new kind of character interactions, new kind of storytelling. And people kind of guessed it was probably Star Wars related, but it, we never got the official word. But now we have the official word. It's a Star Wars resort. Yeah, and that's that's the part that, that we're kind of looking for at the day. I haven't seen any dates on it yet, but yeah, that's 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 going to be really cool um just just to be a part of it and you know that um it's being advertised or you know you, you kind of mentioned it during the survey that they're looking at for it to be a multi-day adventure even um which which would be pretty cool um it seems pretty expensive from what some of the prices that they're estimating you know all, all the other blogs are but um you can't beat it i mean where can you go to get get that type of uh, experience, especially when it comes around Star Wars. Yeah, you know, I think you, the price is high. You know, people are estimating potentially $1,000 per person 
um, for three days or two nights, you know, that's a substantial amount of money. Yes, absolutely it is. But again, where could you go in the world and experience something like this? It can't be duplicated anywhere else. No. And, and you know, um, to throw in a Star Trek reference, they uh, they had a Quark's Bar out in in uh, Las Vegas at um, at one of the hotels out there. And it didn't work out because it wasn't as immersive and wasn't as engaging. That was quite a few years ago, but um, hopefully uh, they they pull all of this together and, and fulfill uh, some of the expectations and dreams that they've kind of put together for this resort. Um, I, I can't wait to see more, not only on the the, the, the charts, but but a date as far as when they're gonna when they're gonna start building and then releasing. Yeah, some of the information that we 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 kind of have now is that they're saying it's going to be a luxury resort. So what that essentially means is deluxe category. So you're talking Grand Floridian level. You're talking Animal Kingdom level of the theming and style. And, and of course, associated with that is kind of the, the cost of those resorts. Um, it's going to be uh, – they're saying it's going to be some kind of spaceship designed as far as the exterior. A lot of people are guessing it might be a Star Destroyer or something like that. Um, a few of the other things is they're saying it's going to be a true immersion experience for each guest with a storyline that's specific to you and how you interact and how that storyline kind of evolves as you through your stay and how you interact with the characters and the environment. Um, that sounds like you're going to. Yeah, that sounds like you're going to be able to play a real life video game of this. Yeah, that goes back to that 100 percent immersion thing. You know, it's it- they're really selling uh, the, the the whole product on that, which is great to see um, because now our technology has grown so much that we can start doing some of these things um, and and not be limited by uh, by what technology can do or, or what a device can do. Well, how far we've come, John. We're, I mean, here are we were. Not that long ago, really, where carousel progress was probably the most amazing thing we ever thought we were going to see. And, and now we're getting individual theme stories at a Star Wars resort. Yeah. 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 Some progress there. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I'm super excited about this. I think it's going to be amazing. Um, the, the guests are going to be wearing Star Wars costumes. They're going to be interacting with, with uh, cast members that are immersed into the stories with them. Um, you're, you're going to be staying in a spaceship on a Disney property. I, I'm so blown away by this. Um, one of the last things I'll say, mention about Star Wars Resort is they're, they're going to be doing what they're calling live windows. Um, unlike the other resorts where you kind of look out onto the Disney property, this is going to be kind of these interactive screens that are kind of like on some of the current Disney cruise line ships. If you have an interior stateroom, you have the little interactive porthole window that kind of shows Disney characters. Um, This is going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be Star Wars related imagery you're seeing. You're going to be out in space. Um, It's so cool. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see it first and let let everybody else wait just a little bit longer. Uh, I'm already thinking of what my Jedi name is going to be. <laughs> nice, nice. Let's. Uh, well, since we're talking about space, let's stay in space, John. We're moving to Epcot. Uh, they released information that Epcot is going to be getting a new space-themed restaurant. Um, but I think it's going to be over where Mission Space is, kind of taking over that space. And there's another new addition, another big addition that we're going to talk to you about. In a, in a minute, but I think this is a great idea. That that part of Epcot, I think, needs some love. Um, it needs some rejuvenation. It needs some new exciting things and another dining option. I, I, you can never go wrong if you had a dining option at Disney, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but again, this is going to have those interactive windows again, kind of like the Star Wars Resort, kind of like what's on the Disney Cruise Line ships. Uh, that's going to be showing you scenes from space. I mean, this is so cool. It is. And, you know, according to the Disney Parks blog, that you know, they, they talk about, um, you know, they already have a Tron-themed attraction over in Shanghai. 
And yeah, I, I can only imagine what they're going to bring here. Yeah, this is, uh, I can't wait. Um, it's so exciting. I mean, I, I'm overall excited about because, you know, being invested into Disney as much as I think both our families are, seeing that they're constantly innovating, constantly thinking of what's the next cool thing we can bring to our to our guests. Uh, this is so exciting. John, let's stay in Epcot because two big other announcements that came out for Epcot was Guardians of the Galaxy and Ratatouille. What were some of your initial thoughts when you heard this stuff? Yeah, I think with Ratatouille, I like seeing Remy uh, over in France, um, but we'll have to see we'll have to see what what else becomes of uh, of any any attraction for Ratatouille. Um, you know, it's, it was out a while ago, so we'll we'll, we'll have to have to take a look there but i think uh, guardians of the galaxy i'm kind of looking forward to that a little bit more um because it's going to be different um than uh than the one uh the the rebranding of the tower out in california yeah and you know when i first heard this news i was interested it, it kind of perked my ears because one I, I love the movies um but two this is a marvel property or marvel yeah marvel property that Disney is going to be introducing into their theme parks, which I didn't think they were able to do at World because of the agreement at Universal. Um, yeah, I don't think Guardians. You, were you, I don't think Guardians were included in that because it was, uh, you know, some of their core characters. So, which is why um, Disney ended up making that um, that that movie, and they did really well on it. Um, but I think that the Guardians kind of sneaked through um, some of that. Uh, but I hope that that's a sign of not only more uh, Marvel attractions, but more Marvel merchandise and, and other stores. They have very few because of that agreement with, with Universal. And that, that agreement, I think it lasts like 99 years or something silly like that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, you know, they can't, they can't license it or have it, have it in any other theme park east of the Mississippi. So, so that's that's a pretty big area, and unfortunately, um, <laughs> yeah. Walt Disney World falls within there. But uh, hopefully, that's a lightening of that um, that agreement, and they can come to uh, you know something else, kind of like what they did with Oswald and um, um, Al Michaels uh, when they traded traded uh, Al Michaels for uh, Oswald in Monday Night Football. <laughs> that has to be one of the strangest trades in, in, in kind of modern entertainment. Yeah, I'm hoping they do the same thing with with, with Marvel characters. <laughs> you know, uh, so let's talk about some of the specifics. It's Guardians of the Galaxy inspired attraction. It's going to be in Future World, so over there by uh, Mission Space. It's going to take the place of Universal Universe of Energy, which is going to be closing down in August of this year. So just just next month. Um, I, again, I think that area needs some love. It needs some rejuvenation. Universe of Energy, I don't know many people who still went and experienced that. I think it, it's kind of become one of those forgotten things at Epcot. Um, so this is, I think this is great. I think Future World and kind of the front half of Epcot definitely needs some new things. Um, and and uh, being a long time comic book reader and a, and a fan of the marvel cinematic universe i think this is a great addition yeah and, and you're right that universe of energy did need did need an update it it was pretty good and you know the kids and i w would uh go in there especially on hot days uh to kind of get away from the heat um, <laughs> but but you know that's that's when we were completely exhausted and yeah we already went to Coca-Cola. We already went to the DVC Lounge, and we were looking for some other place that that we haven't been that that uh, cooled us down. And uh, you know that was one. But uh, hopefully, this will will continue some of that um, uh, great new vision that th that the company is bringing forward. Yeah, you know, I think in the past few years, Universe of, Universe of Energy has kind of relegated to the air conditioning and nothing much else. Yeah, especially if there's no seats in that that pre-show area. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another addition John mentioned briefly was Ratatouille coming to Epcot. Obviously, this is going to be added to the France Pavilion. Um, a similar ride already exists in Disneyland Paris. It's a 4D attraction where you're kind of you're kind of shrunken down to the size of Remy, and you're experiencing his world kind of on a motion vehicle, um, going through set pieces and experiencing the things he did in a movie. This is, I, I think, this is falling into a bit of a 
people aren't sure how they feel about this right now. Epcot kind of world showcase was always supposed to be from the original vision of Waltz was a place where guests can go to experience different cultures of different countries in a very authentic, authentic way. Um, I know people don't necessarily like the idea of adding fictional worlds to existing real life countries. Um, obviously they've already done that over in Norway with the new frozen ride, uh, which has been a spectacular success for them. But John, how do you feel about Disney kind of taking a new look at World Showcase and adding kind of their worlds into the existing countries that are there? You know, it's it's always a tough question. I, I enjoyed the countries um, and we enjoy experiencing the culture when, when we go there. So it's it's kind of it's kind of different. And, you know, part of me wishes they, they would kind of leave the. Uh, the extra movie stuff out uh, of the attraction, but knowing knowing the engagement of of each of the countries, uh, it actually may be a good thing that they're um, uh, that 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 they're adding some of their own intellectual property to to the countries. Um, you know, even just making sure that they have something there for guests to visit and something newer, not just um, not not just um, uh, not just the, you know a view of the country. Yeah, you know I'm I'm conflicted on this because again I uh, being a bit of a a kind of traditional Walt fan and, and Disney fan and and loving his the, the original vision and execution. Um, I'm conflicted, but I think what this does and, and this reminds me of my days in teach when I was still teaching is that. You know, I heard parents all the time talk about, hey, my kid is reading comic books all the time. He won't read any kind of school related books or books that are on the school's reading list. And I used to always tell them is, yeah, they're reading comic books. And, and I know it's it's primarily pictures and maybe you don't understand what's going on or you can't relate to the characters, but at least they're reading. Right. At least they're involving that part of their brain They're taking the moment to not just sit in front of the TV, but pick up something and actually read the words. I feel like that's what these rides do for these lands. Um, yeah, maybe they're not authentic cultural experiences, but at least there's a reason now for maybe these younger generation kids to go to these lands, go through a ride, get some interest about where the ride takes place, and then really take a look at the pavilions that they're in. Yeah, and I hope that they... They have a, a good flow with that, so that um, that it allows uh, not, not only the kids but but the parents to experience more than just than just the attraction and more than just the uh, the alcohol that's in those pavilions. <laughs> um, <laughs> which uh, which my which my wife uh, partakes in quite a bit when we're there. The Grand Marnier slushy she cannot recommend enough. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yes. uh, both attractions are supposed. to are currently slated to be open by 2021 again by the time of the 50th anniversary for Walt Disney World. Yeah, and that was the um, same with that was the same with that Tron attraction that we talked about earlier as well. So a lot of things coming out for that 50th. Wow, absolutely. Um, so let's jump right into that, John. Let's talk about Tron. Tron is coming to Magic Kingdom. Currently, Tron is the highest rated attraction experience at Shanghai Disneyland. It is you look at that ride or you look at YouTube videos of the experience, it looks so futuristic and so cool. And I think, it, again, it's going to bring some new energy and new life into future world at Magic Kingdom. Um, it's going to be positioned right next to Space Mountain. I know people, when they heard this news about a new experience coming to that part of the park, they were worried that maybe Autotopia was going to go away and um, to make way for this new ride, but it, now it looks like that's not the case. It's going to be in a new area that is previously undeveloped there at in Future World. So it's going to be nestled right beside Space Mountain, and Autotopia, as of now, is going to be untouched. Um, I think this is going to be a great addition to that park. Uh, it's going to be a great addition to Future World, again, which I think is starting to need some love. It's starting to feel a little dated. Um, I'm super excited for this, John. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when I was growing up, Tron was out and was big. 
but I never jumped yes. onto it until much later. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, this, uh, since, since they had it, uh, out in Japan, I, I was so excited to see that there was possibilities to bring something like that here. So hopefully it's a connection. And then, you know, you can see with Autotopia where it connects to, um, to, to anything Tron, because those, those two would be a good, good uh, history to future uh, type connection. Um, hopefully, they they kind of tie it together well. I hadn't thought about that, John, but that's an interesting connection there. I think that's a great. Hey, this is what a great experience. Let's talk about that for a second. If you have a young kid or, or just a you know a, a kid who loves Disney, to go on Autotopia and, and kind of put around that little track in the car that you can't really steer, you can't really affect the the speed of. And then you hop over to Tron. Wow, it'd be like jumping light years into the future. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they do something where there's more synergy between the both of them. Um, especially with uh, uh, the, uh, the the most recent Tron movie, which I have, and yet somehow I've forgotten the, the full name of it. Um, but Legacy. Uh, yeah, that's Tron it. Tron Legacy? Yes. Yeah, so it kind of ties in. You know, some connections to, to old and new. Uh, but yeah, obviously this will go a little bit further. Um, but but you never know. I mean, hopefully they uh, they're kind of thinking in that, not just you know just putting something else out there for people to go on. Um, we don't need another line. We need some some great great experiences. Uh, I think that this will give you the opportunity to do it. I, I love that, John. I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, Imagineers, if you're listening. Uh, checks can be made out to John Murray and Terry Staggs. We'll gladly accept the revenue from that idea. Yes, as long as it's continuous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to make sure it's in perpetuity for the rest of our lives. That's right. That's right. Somebody's got to help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so kind of the uh, another piece of the news that came out is we, we kind of already had pieces of this. We already knew what attractions were going to be there. Um, Toy Story Land and Hollywood Studios is going to be opened up in 2018. Uh, obviously, the two big things are the two new attractions that they're going to have, Slinky Dog Dash and Alien Swirling Saucers. Um, this, I think, is going to be a great addition because currently our daughter's two and a half. We, in this next trip down to Disney World, we're skipping Hollywood Studios altogether because we don't feel like there's enough for her to do there. Um, I, I think that's probably a, a, a thought that a lot of families with kids our age have. Um, yes, there's Playhouse Disney. Yes, there's uh, the aerial experience. Yes, there's a character breakfast you can go to. But as far as real attractions, real rides for young kids, there's not a lot to choose from currently at Hollywood Studios. I think these two new additions are going to address that. Now it's going to be a park where if you have a two or three or four or five-year-old, you're going to want to go and experience these new things because obviously Toy Story is a huge a uh, piece of property for for Disney and, and very beloved movie, so I think this is a great addition. Yeah, and you know they they, they tore out a lot of the uh, the back area already to kind of plan that, and then Star Wars Land. So, um, you know, <clears throat> you know, 2018 is is still a little while away. Um, it's it's a year uh, from <laughs> from right about now, but hopefully um, we'll just start to see more and more of that. As, uh, as time goes on um, and before even the summer hits. I'm kind of looking forward to that. You know, they have a, uh, some, some Pixar stuff over in Cal- Disney's California Adventure out in the West Coast. So this would be good to bring, bring some of that Pixar magic uh, over, on, over on the East Coast here. Yeah, absolutely. Because fans of, of Disney, if you haven't gone, and I was kind of, I fell in that category, having just recently uh, gone to land for the first time uh, late last year um that area the cars land area is so well themed and so well executed um there isn't quite the equivalent i think of that experience at world um pandora being maybe the 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 counterbalance to that but um yeah i think this toy story land is going to when it opens kids are going to love it um, when you walk in, you're going to be shrunken down to the size of a toy, experience these new things. And I think it's it's going to be great for families with young kids. Yeah. And speaking of um, families with young kids, you know, they're they're also going to be um, taking out a great movie ride here soon. Um, 
to replace it with a Mickey themed ride, um, which should be cool. Uh, but uh, I'm kind of a little disappointed that they're going to be closing down uh, GMR there. Uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent for a second, John. When uh, my wife and I got married at Disney World in 2007, and one of the places that we could have chose for our reception, which was our initial choice, was the great movie ride. Um, you actually have your reception in the area. Um, at the time, you could choose between the Wizard of Oz area or the Western area. And we thought, what a cool experience is for people coming down for our wedding that, again, one of those Disney experiences you can't duplicate, right? It's, there is no great room in my great movie ride anywhere else. Um, but it, it didn't quite work out as far as timing. We had to choose a different location. But since then, since our wedding back in 2007, I think I've only been on a great movie ride maybe twice. It's not it – wasn't, it wasn't something that we felt we had to do when we went to Hollywood Studios. It sounds like you might differ in opinion. Well, you know, having having started started at that park a long time ago, it um, I, I kind of miss some of the, the the older stuff out there, and um, I think with the enhancements with uh, Turner Movie Classics, it's it kind of helped things a little bit. But you mm. know, they they were going to have to change it anyway um, at, at some point. But um, you know, the good thing is that with that change. It brings in the the family atmosphere. You have you have your thrill rides and tower and and rock and roller coaster, and then you get more into the family uh, when it comes to that new Mickey ride plus Toy Story Land. And then you know, as the kids get a little bit older, but still part of the family, you move over to Star Wars Land. And I think that that whole connection is going to be um, a good place for for the the family to go. And it's not just a half day park. Um, it's going to be very engaging and provide many opportunities for the family to want to be there, not just a, a certain age group or a certain group that just wants to see the stage shows, um, which they'll still have. But you know, it's getting more and more. Uh, if you look at it, more and more like Magic Kingdom, that you know they have their different lands, they have their different areas, but it's repeating a, a, a success that that they've had at their main parks for a long time. That's a fantastic point, John. I, I think that's one of the things that we love about Disney is that Disney, you, it grows with you. The experiences are constantly evolving and changing no matter what age you experience them at, right? So that's a great point that, yes, you can come in. You can now go into Hollywood Studios with a young kid, experience these things, and then that, that's such a great point. As they grow and as they mature and they get into new interests, hey, we're just going to walk straight back to, to Star Wars land now. Okay, well, now let's go Rise and Thrill Ride. That's, that's a fantastic point. Um, and let's speak about this Disney ride for a second because they released some initial kind of designy, imaginary backstage look at what this ride is going to look like or feel like. Uh, and I think it's going to be an amazing experience. But my question is, is with the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World coming up, how has it taken them this long to create a Mickey Mouse ride? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of people are asking that, especially after D23. I know some of the blogs kind of uh, posted out there about um, just the length of time it's it's been. And, um, you know, they, they have all those new shorts now. Um, and Mickey looks a little bit different, but um, mm. it looks like that's what's going to be part of that experience going forward. Yeah, you know, never say never. It's It's never too late to introduce something new and fun and and I think this is going to be a great addition again to the park. I feel like we've said that with every edition, uh, which I think rings true to kind of Disney's mission of providing unique experiences that are uniquely Disney. Um, but Hollywood Studios, so much change. Epcot, so much change coming. Magic Kingdom has already seen its fair share of change. Now they're kind of adding some some more elements to it to really to bring the park, the whole park and all the lands up to another experience. Um, so much going on. Hollywood Studios, we know, is getting two huge additions. Uh, Avatar, Pan the World of Pandora just opened up at Animal Kingdom. So it's going to be, you know, I think about this. I talked about this with my wife is the experience her and I had the very first time we went to Disney 15 years ago. It's going to be so different to our daughter's experience just because the constant evolution and constant change at the parks. 
Yeah, which is which is good um, because they'll keep some of the things that that uh, certain generations remember, but also transition into creating new memories uh, so that those younger guests will want to come back and experience something different and new themselves, um, which is which is always always the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and yes, we can lament about losing some of the things and, and feel nostalgic for some experiences, but I think Disney is taking the the resort theme park experience to a level that that has that nobody has ever done before. Um, I'm so excited for all the changes, John. I think we've we've droned on for about an hour on these all these changes. Uh, is there anything else you want to end with? No, I just you know I figured if that they used to be able to transform um, property overnight from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I'm not quite sure why it's taken them so long to build some of these attractions. They should be able to do it within a couple of months at least. I mean, you know, they have a day, a month, month should be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sprinkle some of that Disney magic on some of these things. And let's get them open sooner rather than later. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, there was so much at D23 happening. We were so excited to talk about it. Uh, come back and listen to our next next episode where we plan to talk about those experiences give our top five list of of kind of nostalgic disney experiences for people who, who kind of love disney history who kind of love the original vision of of maybe magic kingdom or epcot or even something out in the land uh come back and join us again thanks for listening and we're out of here yeah take care Yeah, I'm excited for this Mickey attraction. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think it does does bring in a good balance to uh, to the whole park. And, you know, it wasn't something I even thought about before until um, you started to put things together. And it's it's just really cool that they're finally going to have something, at least in Florida, with, with Mickey there. Yeah, that's great. I think it's great. Um, that's a great point, too, you made about kind of growing. Get kids are going to be able to grow with that park now and, and experience new things as they – as I grow up, that's that was a great point.